Hello, Sprinkle Podcast listeners. I know this is out of the blue and you guys were not expecting it, nor did I really allude to it, but this is what is happening. Um, pretty much, long story short, uh, my radio show that I host every Sunday, I um, had Jeff Benjamin on as a special guest and he also did a co-host episode that was really, really, really a lot of fun. And this segment was our first uh, segment on the show and we talked for a very long time and he gave some really in-depth answers to um, his song choices of the show. He chose some songs on Sunday's show and I wanted to know why. So this is that segment, but it had to get cut for radio editing purposes, seeing that my show is two hours long and we talked for an hour and we had four other segments to get to. But I had this idea that um, I wanted this whole entire segment to be heard somewhere and, you know, just hearing it on my show on Sunday and then it never going anywhere past uh radio airwaves was kind of sad on uh, both parts. I didn't want um, Jeff's story to get cut. And also, I didn't want you, the listeners, to feel like um, I was cutting out certain songs in our uh, K-pop artists. So, yeah, I decided to take this with his permission and put this into a special podcast episode. So our co-host will not be here this episode, but we will be back later on this month to discuss my likes and dislikes in K-pop. But it's not about me right now. You guys are getting ready to hear an hour of K-pop billboard columnist and music journalist Jeff Benjamin speak about why he chose specific K-pop songs, which will be listed below in the description box. And you can also find him everywhere. The links to the songs are there. And uh, yeah, like I said, his social media links. I'm going to stop talking because we got a lot more talking to get to in his songs. So if there's certain references or things we're talking about, it's it's referencing to um, Sunday's show where he was the interviewee. We're now on this one. He is the co-host. So Let's go, Jeff. Take it away. Okay, Daybok K-pop listeners, we have come to our first segment of today's show. Uh, it's actually one that Emmy told me she has wanted to do with an interviewee um, for a while. So I'm quite intrigued and very excited. Yeah, so as you guys know, usually um, I want to have the interviewees share their favorite K-pop songs or maybe like K-drama songs, anything. And I've always wanted to ask why. Certain people do it. Usually when I do you when I interview YouTube reactors, they'll usually do, you know, the the group that they like the most, that they react to the most. But for Jeff, when he was sharing like what he was doing when he was live tweeting with you guys and he was sharing just little nuggets here and there, I was like, Oh man, this is really cool to know. So I've always wanted to ask why they request these specific songs. And that's what we're literally gonna do right now so i take at least um 12 to 16 songs and all his songs were played besides two he also had requested bts's i need you and sani featuring reina the song is called a midsummer night's sweetness so those were the two songs that did not make the cut due to i just wanted to hear his his interview more especially for you guys but let's get to the songs that actually did make the list so let's start off with um You talked a little bit about After School in your interview last week, but tell us why After School's song Because of You made the list. I had heard about K-pop here and there, um, 
and I'd listen to some things here and there, but it really, I do have remember having a specific moment with uh, After Schools Because of You. Um, whenever it came out, uh, I think that was like 2008, 2009, actually probably 2009, um, where it just kind of blew my mind. I mean, this song, if you know it, and hopefully you heard it last week, um, it starts off as a ballad, um, but then rapping comes into it, and then, um, and then a beat kicks in, and then there's some auto tune and before you know it it gets into like this dance feel and it's very pop it's it's just all these different elements of music that i i just kind of yeah it just really did blow my mind in the sense that like oh my gosh all the things that i like about pop music all the different elements are like combined to this one easy to digestible package and i don't know i was just so blown away by that and it made me want to like explore so much more Okay, so we are going to move on to another girl group that you also requested, which is on this list, is 21's I Love You. So let's hear why you chose that song as well. 21's I Love You, I actually, well, I really do think 21 is one of the best like girl group discographies like ever. Um, then there's so many good songs by them, but I, I just remember specifically with I Love You. One, I think it's an underrated track of theirs. And two, I remember during the kind of K-pop explosion, the initial one um, that was going on with Psy and Gangnam Style and everything, um, 21 came out with I Love You that same summer. And, you know, people knew I Am The Best, people knew um, the other songs, but I, I felt like this was a really cool change of pace for them. And it's still like got a really great response. It was really interesting. And, and I'm just always for an artist um, doing something unexpected or something different with their music and their art and what they do. So I don't know, it just always like stood out as a special song to me, not only sonically, but also just in like the story of, of 21's career. And then you throw that into the kind of overall uh, summer that we were in in K-pop uh, in 2012. And I don't know, I just felt like it just deserves, a, it always just deserves a little more a more shine. Ooh, I remember hearing this song when I was watching a um, Korean t music television show and they were on it and they were like showing the host how they like, um, they, I guess they bring a fan up on stage when they were on tour and they would like seduce them kind of. And it was this song that was playing when they would like do their whole routine. And I was like, oh, what song is this? So like I used Shazam and I was like, oh, and I looked up the song and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. That was like, that was a while ago because that was when I was getting into like more groups and stuff back in like early, early 2016. But yeah, that is definitely one of my top 21 songs as well. Okay, and yeah. then we have IU featuring Seo Taishi. There's different ways to say his name. It depends if you know how to pronounce his name. Help me, Jack. But I always like yeah, mess up. So Taiji. Taiji. Yeah. So Taiji. Okay, um, Taiji. Okay. And, and I know that because I got I got some flack when I mispronounced it on um, the New York Times podcast. No. Um, uh, I think that was last year when I was on it. Um, but yeah, So Taiji. And um, and actually, I was so happy that so many people, I saw a lot of great responses on Twitter. A lot of people said uh, they didn't um, know it. Mm -hmm. So I was really, really happy to see that you guys um, were into it. But I, I just think it's just so um, beautiful. Um, I, it's, you know, I use, was, is, in my opinion, such a great artist, uh, mm -hmm. like a, a true, true artist um, 
who really clearly can do so many different genres and so many different styles. And I loved, you know, I don't think it was the most quote unquote K-pop song that I've ever heard. It actually had a lot of elements to me of like churches and and sort of other um, electro pop synth pop artists in that way. But I just thought the way that they kind of combined those beautiful synthesizers and her voice. Um, there's actually a version that features him, uh, just so Taiji. Um, but I was really, I just think it's such a beautiful and comforting song. I, It's like a song me and my roommate would like play together um, in the living room if we were like tired or just wanted to relax or something. I just think it has such a nice calming, vibe and feel to it and I don't know I'm, I'm just it's always like I always come back to it when I need kind of like that that sort of um that sort of pacifying sound yeah I, I that was my first time like getting to hear it too when you requested it and I was looking up all the songs and listening to them um that was one that I haven't I think it's the only one uh maybe the Sani one I haven't heard like didn't know of like by title but um, yeah, that one definitely like calms down, nice vibes, and it it like I feel like IU can like sing anything. Like she has a song with a with a rapper most recently, and then she actually writes ballad songs for other artists. She does her own stuff. She composes. So that was a lovely, lovely song, and I saw everyone freaking out as well too. So that's definitely one that's gonna have to go on the loop every now and again when like not a lot of people request. I'm just gonna slip it in there. It's like one of the extra faves. Um, so yeah, moving on to the next song. Um, this is Taeyeon's I. And mm. last week I played it after you had told your funny song about Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. But why did you choose this specific song? I love this song, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, and shout out to you, Emmy, for um, because I just sent you, I just sent you the list of songs, you know, with no order um or anything but you you actually i, I really love the way you ordered um the the, the program um oh, fyi <laughs> thank you so much I, i'm glad you paid attention because like i have to put the playlist in a mood like i can't do one song hype one song ballad and then like a r&b and then like it's a mess like it needs to have a whole vibe so thank you so much yeah. for noticing that <laughs> Um, Taeyeon's Eye is, is somewhat of a, it's a, well, it is, I think, yes, I think it's uh, at its core, just a gorgeous, beautiful um, pop song in that way. But actually, it has a special place in my heart because it came out while I was on my first trip in Korea. And um, I remember the EP came out and I remember listening to it for the first time in my hotel room. And I was just blown away by by I, um, by Gemini on the album. And I don't know, I, I, I just had this moment um, later words while I was listening to it on my iPod, we were on the bus um, and we were, I was actually on my way to Busan. Uh, we were in Seoul. Um, I was on a trip with, it was an amazing trip. It, there were, um, we, I got invited as, as one of 15 journalists from around the, the world, actually. There were uh, journalists from America and India and the UK and Singapore and Canada, like from everywhere. And um, and it was really this amazing trip. And, and I was, uh, it was a 
rainy day, I still remember it. And um, and we were driving to Busan, it's, it's a couple hours away. And, you know, I'm like listening to this, this empowering anthemic song. And like, you know, I'm just looking out the window at this like beautiful, um, beautiful farmland and mountains and hills and everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like my, like my life is a beauty. Like I was like, I was just <laughs> feeling so thankful and so happy and grateful. And like, it's like, a, it was like a moment where like, you know, when like music kind of speaks your thoughts into existence, it was almost like, like, yes, like the song is not necessarily about that, but, um, but just those like English lyrics in particular, I don't even think I had looked up the lyrics yet. Um, we're just, speaking to me and like taking that moment of that um of, of where I was in that moment so I don't know I, I like I told my one friend this and he like makes fun of me to this day for for about um about those having that moment but I don't know just something about that always takes me back to um to just that that I, I mean, I have so many moments where I feel very grateful and what I get to do and what I've been doing and things like that but um but yeah, it was just that one was a really eye-opening one in particular. Oh, that's that's a great story because it's like with place like um, location association and like the way things smelled or the way like music can have you remember those kind of things where it's just like you relive it every single time. There's there's multiple songs for that um, like that for me. Percent, yeah, yeah, and I mean that's even like I remember the weather that day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it just totally has that visceral uh, attachment to it. I can just imagine, like you, you literally remember everything. You feel, and and if you even if you want to go back, like those songs are kind of like your time travel machine to a point where you're like, I remember in twenty whenever when you know I went here and it was a lovely summer day. It was my first this experience or first that, and you literally play the song and it feels like you relived it. So I definitely understand, and I love that that's that song because it kind of and like when you were saying the green fields and everything, like I pictured her music video when yeah, you said yes. that. <laughs> oh totally my god that is too <laughs> cute i love it i love it love it love it and then we have infinite the chaser this was also one that got a big 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 response on twitter um everyone's like yes kings and i'm like okay that had to come at least once every two hours of the show um so let's talk about infinite the chaser yeah i think um infinite the chaser was one of those songs where like I was like, dang, this K-pop stuff, it's on another level. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, this song is too good. Like, I was like, how is like, this is, this is way better than the pop we're making like in America. Like it was released in 2012. Um, yeah, 2012, I believe. And I remember um, it was the very first year too that Billboard wanted to do you know they do their their year-end lists um you know best country songs best well, best hip-hop albums whatever it might be but they're like yeah we think this year we should do um, a best songs list so i worked with the team in billboard korea and i was like we have to do the infinite the chaser just has to be number one and you know that was the that was the same year i remember that spin magazine and no shade or anything to, to spin magazine or anything like that but they put out their greatest k-pop songs of all time list and like 
Psy's Gangnam Style was number two. I think a G Dragon song was number one. It was very, it, it read very much like a, like a, hey, we went on YouTube for a little bit and found some songs. But I remember there was such an, a fun and respect respectful response to, to our list because um, a lot of people were like, I actually think BuzzFeed covered the list and the headline was, um, the headline was Billboard just chose the t 20 best K-pop songs of the year and Gangnam Style is a number one. And I was like, oh, I'm glad they noticed that. It was on the list, but like, cause I do think it's a great song, but I was like, oh, I'm so happy that people are kind of getting what we're going for. And I think a lot of people would agree that it's just a great piece of music in general. And um, and yeah, I don't know, I just, I just really, always remember like being so impressed and again i remember where i was the first time i heard it i was sitting in my intern desk a cubicle <laughs> at, at billboard as a senior i guess in high school or no wow high school uh in college and i remember like my mind being blown by like even just like the intro of it like i was just so impressed and um and yeah, um, Infinite has been one of my favorites for, for a really long time. We got to see them. We did the very first K-pop live performance at Billboard Studios with them where they performed The Chaser and Paradise, I think it was. Um, and it was just so special for me in so many ways because I just, it felt like like kind of that full culmination like moment, like, oh, wow, like, you know, it's like full circle in that way. See, this is why I wanted to do this segment. Do you see all these great experiences? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my goodness. And I like Bugspeed like like you said that they actually did that like, oh, like it's not just Gundam style. There's this, there's that. You know, check out these K-pop songs that you may not know or these K-pop songs pass um Gundam style. So, that was great. Another great story. So, thank you Tae on Infinite and so, on to Blackpink's do-do-do-do-do. Why did you select... I know, I said it so, like... <laughs> so, why did you select this specific Blackpink song? Yeah. Um, well, one, I've just been so excited about Blackpink's kind of rise and come up and everything. Um, but, you know, this song is, is special, in my opinion, because um, they became the first K-pop girl group in almost a decade to chart on the Billboard Hot 100 um, with uh, with the single. And I don't know, I just, I really do think that it's something, I know for a while, and, and, and I, don't get me wrong, like I kind of, I, I understood those concerns, or I understood where some maybe detractors or fans were concerned or coming from, that like there was kind of this worry that they were just kind of being a rehash of 21 um, or that they uh, didn't have their own distinct style but I re really felt like Blackpink with with songs like I mean I love their song Whistle a lot too um, but I love Do 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 and I think it's just um, it's just I really do think there is this sort of like empowering feeling to it they're owning there, there's a lot of like um there's a lot of shout outs to their own name in it. Um, it just feels like they're really owning themselves, their brand, their group, who they are. And I don't know, I, I just, I see why it's connecting in America and the West specifically. Um, and, and I just think like it's special 
in a, in a lot of ways, but um, but right now I, I think it's just it's just doing everything right for Blackpink, and I hope they get more opportunities to release more music sooner, and that we'll be seeing them in America sooner than later. Okay, it's like it's like their anthem, pretty much. Yeah, um, it's you like know, the Blackpink like, anthem. <laughs> right, like Mumbaia is that you know like. They they are they're owning who they are as a group and their group identity and I, and I wrote a little something about that um, for Billboard when the song came out originally mm-hmm. uh, um, and and I I do think there's a reason it, it's them connecting right now. Okay, Blackpink, we hope to see you in America later on this 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 year. We got a couple more months left, so you got a couple more chances to come on over. And uh, let's keep it in the YG family. So uh, next on the list was Big Bang's Haru Haru, that which is like a fan favorite, um, international as well as Korean fan favorite. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, another like very strong memory for me because I remember um, Big Bang was the first, or I don't know if they were the first, but one of the biggest like um, arena show one of the earliest biggest arena arena shows um for k-pop in america and i remember i went to there um i was you know talking to them backstage uh went to the show and this was in 2012 at the prudential center in new york and i remember haru it was during haru haru i can never say that correctly i feel like i always sound like a dog when i say haru haru (laughs) but I'm trying to be disrespectful. I just, I think something with the pronunciation just doesn't work with my, <laughs> my mouth. It, that's but that's what to... we get for being being Americans and not knowing how to like all of a sudden not have any like V's or R's in our in our vocabulary. Yeah. How do you say it? Or how do, how do you say? It? I just say haru haru, haru haru. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> bad um <laughs> yes so and i remember i was in this arena and i still remember i was with um a, a fellow reporter his name is william gruger he now he worked at billboard went to work at vine and now works at title still a friend of mine we were standing next to each other and i remember that uh we were watching the concert and it was the middle of haru haru and i think the chorus is more or less all in Korean, if I'm correct, but this whole entire arena was singing this song. This whole America, you know, we're in Newark, New Jersey. We're not like, we're not, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's right outside New York City. Yeah, yes, there might be a large Korean population, but you know, I, as it was like that eye-opening moment with me and K-pop, where I was like, this is, this does not happen with other genres. There's, there's no way all these people speak Korean. And, and I knew for a fact they didn't all speak Korean. Like, duh, that's what K-pop fans are. But like, two, also I was just like, but they're all like passionately singing this song. And like, there's a reason this song and this music and these artists are connecting with them. And I don't know, it was just one of those, another one of those eye-opening moments where I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is for real. <laughs> Wow. So this is like literally like your comfort, like your K-pop confirmation steps one by one by one by one. <laughs> More or less, you know, kind of like, yeah, the internal confirmation, the external confirmation. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So that was Big Bang's Haru Haru, which is a fan favorite. Like that's like so emotional. It's like Big Bang's heart, pretty much. That song is like the staple fan song um vip song sorry you guys have a name sorry 
Um, so for FX's airplane, that was I'm like get I'm still like you know how everyone knows like FX people are waiting for them people you know have been rooting for them so I'm like going through their discography like very slowly but surely not because I don't like it just because they you got to keep up in between new releases and all that and Airplane is one I haven't heard before but like it's great and weirdly enough like th- this is, I think is one of my mom's favorite songs off of this whole playlist that you put together I hear her just going airplane love like around the house I'm like what are you doing so let's hear about why you chose this specific FX song shout out to mom um but uh <laughs> but yeah I again I I think FX has an incredible discography um and I chose that um, because it wasn't a release, it wasn't a title track or a single or anything like that. But I chose it because um, I think that that album that was in 2013, I believe, um, the Pink Tape album. And that was one of the first K-pop albums where like, I was like, oh wow, K-pop is like coming now with the full length albums. Or like, I don't think I would be remiss or incorrect to say that lots of times and especially in the earlier days of kind of this modern day in k-pop the um the singles were the main focus of the of the release the album tracks the the other cuts were were usually not as strong um but i really thought fx's pink tape album was like incredible from start to finish and i heard so many people kind of talking about airplane and i, and I loved airplane and I, I truly think it should have been like a a repackaged single um but i i saw that song particularly as a moment where i was like wow like k-pop artists are now like they're bringing that high quality music to to the full package now like it's 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 the whole album now like i think we're gonna gonna get to a place where this high quality music these great songs are gonna just kind of fill up an entire album it's not gonna be kind of like how we were admittedly in the west like with like you know chris angler's first album in my opinion has a lot of uh has a lot of filler on it you know and that's kind of how those albums were for a while you know i i don't think anyone really listened to like a full mandy moore jessica simpson album but like that's how you sold records back in the day is that you had the singles and then you, you kind of filled it up with other things that could just you know fill up the cd but i think k-pop got to this really exciting point where even the album cuts can get a fan following in that way too and i don't know like airplane i just think it's 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 so good and and we did actually there was um i think it was called deep cuts week or something at, at billboard and me and a couple other reporters we worked on a list of like the greatest k-pop deep cuts it was supposed to be deep cuts ever but then we just made it up this decade because it was already way too difficult and we chose uh, airplane as number one like unanimously i think more or less unanimously. wow but i just it's such a good song and so atypical and so cool and yeah wow so fx's airplane like like you were saying with um jessica simpson bandy moore i remember being like a kid like just buying those albums like yay this is my favorite song and then you kind of hear the favorite song again and again and again like yay it's on cd and then you kind of go down and then you find your maybe one or two out of the 10 songs that are there (laughs) those are inevitably lined up to be the singles anyway you know Mm -hmm. like (laughs) it's just how it works you know but this was um yeah this was different different. (laughs) exactly and uh, i think feel like now um, so many people love the um, the B sides, C sides, D sides, all the way down to Z. 
Uh, mainly because now idols are more self-producing um, and writing their own lyrics and getting to actually have uh, moments where you can share um, why you wrote the song, who it was inspired by, how long it took, maybe your thought process when you were making it through like apps like such as VLive. Um, and so yeah, like I definitely do agree that, uh, and a lot of things like girl groups, like full albums are like masterpieces. Like we know that girl groups do their quick like promotion singles because that's just how girl groups in Korea work. They're very fast and need to get out the most content. Um, but like full girl group albums really just are amazing. They're like some of the best albums of the whole year in K-pop and for me specifically. And um, yeah, so I definitely do agree. And I will look into the um, pink tape. I, I listen to some songs, but not all, but definitely the pink tape will be on my list as it already is, but I'm gonna put an extra star next to it. And yeah. speaking of girl groups, let's go on to another one. This is Oh My Girl's Closer. I love Oh My Girl, oh my God. So why did you choose this song? <laughs> yeah, Oh My Girl, I mean, they really have impressed me from the beginning. Um, I remember, I really liked their debut song. Um, and I just, you know, like there were a lot of girl groups I think coming out in 2015. Um, I think that was the same year as Twice, same year as The Ark. Um, there were there was a lot of like healthy competition going on, and it took me a moment to find their song, but I really liked it the first time I heard it, the uh, the Cupid single. But then, and and again, I was actually in Korea. Um, for this, but I actually didn't, I knew they were making a comeback, I just didn't get a chance to listen, but I got to hear the song for the first time actually um, during their comeback stage at M Countdown, which um, you guys know is like the, the um, one of the music chart programs that the artists who are promoting um, perform on like every week. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember kind of just being blown away by this, you know, it's a very ethereal, gorgeous synth pop song in that way. Um, and I just remember like being so uh, just blown away by this, like, you know, they were in all white. Um, they have these amazing formations in, in, the, in the choreography. And I was just so impressed by them that like my interest in them just like went to another level. And I thought it was just so, beautiful and so gorgeous and so well, well done that I was just, yeah, I, I was like blown away. And I, and I, and you know, I remember, I don't remember every performance from that M Countdown, but I do, I remember them in particular, like really blowing me away. I think that same episode, 17 was performing, Taeyeon was performing, I, um, yeah. Um, I saw Big Flow for the first time. I, it was like, but it was definitely one of those moments where I was like, ah, you know, another like eye-opening <laughs> uh, K-pop moment for me, for sure. And, and it's especially, it's one of my favorite songs probably ever. <laughs> wow, how did you like them at KCON last year? Oh, I, I you know, I, I of course liked them. I, I wish we could have heard more or seen more from them. I know. <laughs> but I was, and I was really hoping that you know, they weren't doing interviews when they were out there. So I was really hoping to get the chance to meet, but I have a feeling, you know, I'm just, I felt like, okay, that was my appetizer to them. I'm ready for the full, you know, hopefully they'll be back in America or hopefully they'll be having an opportunity, you know, soon to be able to um, just, yeah, get a chance to even tell them like, yo, I, I, I was blown away by um, 
by closer live <laughs> oh i know they'll appreciate that because like a lot of their other stuff got like kind of popped off a little bit later in their career well 2016 ish and then I, two singles in like 2017 a lot of people liked but i know they'll appreciate hearing that that song you like a lot i cannot wait for oh my girl to call you on the phone and be like let's do this um, so speaking of Seventeen, you had Seventeen's Monse on your list, which we also just saw at KCON um, a couple weeks ago. But why did you choose this specific Seventeen song? Yeah, um, I feel like it probably was, again, the end countdown one that, that drew me to it. I really like Seventeen. I think they have so many special things to offer. Um, I... I think it's special because I am at the moment still the only U.S. reporter who has done an interview with them um, in America, which I'm very proud of. Ooh. Uh, it's a lot of lot of people to to uh, keep track of, you know, 13 people to get, you know, be able to sit down in in one room. But I just remember we had the best like conversation and chat, and and I remember specifically. Um, you know, we were like all in a circle. It's kind of like boys time, you know, we're all kind of like, you know, they got all these chairs for us and we're all just, you know, huddled in a circle. But um, Vernon in particular, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I remember uh, when we debuted, my my parents my and my family were sending us um, billboard articles that were being written about us and they were probably written by you, you know? He's like, I didn't know your name back then, but he's like, because I remember writing one of uh, 17's earliest articles um, at that time. And yeah, because I was just so impressed not only by their size, but also just what they were doing and what they were um, creating and performing. And, and, you know, the fact that they wrote and choreographed and produced their own stuff. I just, I don't know, I was just such a, so impressed by them. And then I remember specifically with Monse uh, that was released in late 2015 when I got to see that at M Countdown. Uh, I just remember like, it was such a good performance. And then they have that, that one signature move where they kind of are punching in the air and kind of like kicking out to the, like they kind of almost like rush to the front of the stage. And, yeah. Um, yeah, like they, uh, I just remember like thinking that was so cool to see live. And like, just a reminder of how important I think it is to yeah we can all watch music videos or we can all kind of watch via the screens but seeing it live is just a whole nother experience I totally agree because I can't remember if they performed Monse last year I don't think they did I think they did more of their more recent stuff so it was really surprising that um, they didn't perform any of their new releases besides Oh My and everything else was just old throwback 2015, 16, 17 and that didn't make any sense like I meant 2016, um, 2015, 2016 the years and then 17 the group so confusing <laughs> I think they, they performed like one B-side from the new album I think mm -hmm. but yeah I mean like I also just thought it was just so amazing how um, do you remember uh, during uh, you're talking about KCON this year right? Mm -hmm. This year and when like last yeah. year too. This year in particular, you know, I thought it was so funny how um, I think it was during the the chat or during like the couple dance or something. Um, like my, they were singing, like they just kind of like I think the group just sort of like sang. They were just like, oh, everyone knows this move, and they were like, Monse, 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 and the. And entire arena just instinctively started like doing the hand waves um with that too and i was yes. like oh my gosh i was like one amazing two could 17 be the next like k-pop group to play arenas like i don't know like they just had such control over 
the arena in that way too and i was kind of like i was very impressed in that way as well oh Um, my gosh i cannot believe you just said like i made a tweet while they were performing i'm probably gonna find it deep deep down and quote tweet it i was like 17 could sell out staples center easy easy and it's not just because you saw all their light sticks everywhere it's because like their their just their stage presence it seems like they've been doing this for a decade and they're very intimidating in that way but like in a positive way like it's like they know what they're doing they can easily form get into formation and though one of the listeners was live tweeting me while i was doing my live kcon recap after i'd come back and i was saying how um everyone in the arena was doing monse and, I, and they were like oh this may have been cool to see in an, an arena and i was like yeah it looks like the new version of like the wave at sports yeah. games <laughs> That's so cool that you said that. So yeah, I I made that tweet like easy next year they can do arenas like it's like it's nothing. Um, so yeah, seventeen. That was so that was so cool to reminisce back on. Um, but let's go to some other boys that you are very familiar with. You chose Monster X's Hero, which my little mom baby heart was like, okay, Jeff, I see you. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about why you. Um, chose this group and this song. You said a little bit when you were live tweeting, but let's hear the full story about Monsta X. Yeah, Monsta X. I mean, I felt like Hero was a really game changer, uh, game changing song for them in their careers. Uh, kind of in, I feel like Hero was when like the international community kind of woke up to them a yeah. bit more. Like it, I was kind of like, ah, I was like, people are getting it now. <laughs> Cause I really liked Trespass, the first single. Um, and I liked Rush. I really thought they had a cool thing going on from the get go. And I was like, oh man, I really hope more people get to hear this. And I remember listening to them through the EP and I was like, oh, Heroes like kind of like a jam. And, and I remember having a very similar moment with um, BTS's I Need You and Dope. And, um, and, and I remember being like, wow, I was like, I wonder like I wonder if this is like the hidden gem of the album um and then I saw you know like the you know those the dance moves and the the ab flashing all those things you know helped it grow but I think I do believe they were performing or they were promoting this song um when uh, so many stories about this M countdown um (laughs) (laughs) countdown recording but yeah this was a very special moment for me because um we were my group we were going into the m countdown it's like kind of chaos there not only are like you like you have to be in the in the in the uh, taping studio by a certain time or they will not like it's just it's all go like it's just like go 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 they don't like take breaks they don't say like take five everyone like it it's just like a full on concert. It's not like they have to like take down the band or anything like that, like, or set up, like it's just go, go, go. So if you're not there, you're not gonna get in. So I remember everyone's rushing backstage, everything like that. And strangely, the K-pop idols are also like walking around backstage casually. We were going up the stairs, my group. Monster X is coming down the stairs and and, um, and Minhyuk goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> I, I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you're like, because we had met earlier that summer at KCON 2015. Um, and I think it was, you know, they were months old at this point um, as Monster X. And they were, uh, and I think it was by probably by far their very first US interview. And they were like, oh, they're like, you're so famous. And I was like, no, you're so famous. Like, what? <laughs> and like, I had never met 
recognized like in that kind of way and it was very very nice and sweet of them especially just to like you know even take the time um and then afterwards it was so special too because somehow their manager got in touch with our lead our group's leader and they wanted to like meet backstage and i got to bring you know we got to bring the whole group of journalists backstage we all we took photos everyone got photos with monster x like i don't they they're just such sweet guys and i love that they're such sweethearts while still juxtaposed with like their stance it's like they're just like you know they got this aggressive gritty you know hard-hitting hip-hop and you know influenced sound um and it's you know it's a lot of dark imagery lots of times in their music and you know they're wearing harnesses and whatnot but they're just like total sweethearts and and i just i do love that about them and, and it was like a really big honor for me in that way yeah it, it was like almost it was another moment for me that i'll never forget and and you know it's like i'm no one needs to make me feel special i'm just the observer but they did and and they made they took the time to make me feel special which is like you know lots of times journalists are just sort of there we're just observers and so it really meant a lot that is so adorable that is my favorite story time i think i've ever heard in like k-pop that is so cute and um that is very like accurate they really 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 do care and are very very respectful and appreciate everybody that helps their come up or like their current they're into their third year so it's like they're not even their come up but like their um just their mark i guess in music in general and they are so respectful so great they're grateful for everything and everyone um very very sweet i was actually with a girl that um had broken her foot like literally a week before the concert and she went through the high touch and like Kihyun was such a sweetheart he like moved the like moved the whole high touch table like shoved it down wherever yeah. and like was trying to push the girl in the elevator and then like that then we had to come back around for the photo and then the other time Wanho like pushed her in the elevator and they were like thank you so much for coming like they kept looking at her foot like oh like you came even though like literally your bone is broken but you came for us thank you so much like they were and like you could tell they wanted to speak English so bad just to say like thank you or that their their gratitude like they want to express it so bad and you can see that through just their their body language and the way that they express with their eyes so yeah Master X are are sweethearts and it, their name like you said is like so weird because like Master X and they're like literally like bunnies it's so cute right <laughs> and um yeah so let's move over to brave girls you chose the song deepened which is my favorite brave girl song Ma basically one of my favorite girl group songs of all time i don't know if anyone knows that here on the show but you chose this song so let's hear why yeah i i agree i think it's an amazing girl group song um a part of me thinks that it was actually meant for after school's comeback because um, I heard they were supposed to come back in, at the top 2016 and it never happened um, but all to say I think you know I, I Brave Girls were never a group that made a huge huge impression on me um, uh, in their earlier stuff but I remember they had taken some time off some members left some members were added and I just remember being so blown away by this song and I um had a podcast uh back in the day um and someone suggested uh us to review this song and I was like eh, brave girls I was like I haven't heard about them in forever but then I remember my friend the co-host that I was uh the co-host rather that I was doing it 
it with, she was like, yeah, did you listen to the Brave Girl song? It's so good. And I was like, really? And then I, I, I listened to it and I was like, dang. I was like, this is so great. And just like you were saying, you know, you just, you, you never know where the good music is going to come from with K-pop. And I think that's why it, it was another, it was almost like a reminder for me to like never count anyone out. You never know. Like, I mean, even look at someone like BTS, how many people probably counted them out at the, at the top of their careers, you know? Like, there's so, there is so much to show in this very creative, very imaginative scene. And I think there's, yeah, just something like Brave like Brave Girls Deep. And I just think, like, I love the concept. I love the dance moves. I love the sound. I love the vibe. I just love so much of it. And it's just like, and it came from from left field, you know? And um, and that's, it was just sort of a reminder to me in that way to be like, never, never count, never count them out. Never count, you know, oh, you never know who's going to make a, an actual comeback, like a real comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that. That's going to be like my like inside joke now. Like, no, they had like the actual comeback. Like, this is a comeback, comeback. <laughs> and I wish Korea accepted it a bit better. But they have some, I mean, I loved rolling. I loved mm-hmm. high heels. Like, mm-hmm. they had some good, like, Brave Brothers, I think, is a great producer. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, just, uh, I feel for, I'm, I'm still waiting for those, that Brave Girls moments. I know. It should it should be coming. Hopefully they have like a deepened part two. But another girl group that we have on here is Sistar and you chose the staple song. They have a lot of staple songs. They're like the summer girl group. Um Sistar's Touch My Body. Yes. Um I think that song that used to actually be it still kinda is my go to song when I'm showing someone K pop for the first time. It's really? one of my like, go to songs. Yeah. I just think it's so bright and happy and k-pop and accessible and just like so many things that i love about this music scene that um that just makes it so easy for someone to get on board with it i actually when i was in la for kcon i was staying with my um old roommate in new york um and he was having he had he's just moved to la shout out to edward um making it happen somehow the conversation got to yeah I write about K-pop and it's my little specialty and they're like well show us something and so I'm like oh my gosh I was like here's the pressure and he's like let's do Sistar's Touch My Body I was like I was like okay but like you guys have to keep in mind they're like they're not even around anymore <laughs> Like, and then I, we showed them they loved it um, one of the people actually texted us in the morning and, and said I am so sad Sistar's not around anymore because I will never get to experience Touch My Body live I guess is what this means means <laughs> I wow. was like, oh my gosh i don't know i just think it's such a such a good go-to start-off song for for k-pop um if you're introducing someone to like new stuff i usually start with them or big bang's fantastic baby uh black lately i've been doing black pink kumbaya go right into whistle um yeah girls generation i got a boy those are usually the go-to's but sisters touch my body in particular um and I think they were just such a force to be reckoned with, you know. They were they did so many things. They weren't from a big company and they just did so well so fast. And I don't know, I, I was just always very, very impressed by their ethic. Work ethic. Wow, I didn't know that that would I didn't even think to ask you like what kind of songs do you like recommend to people that are just getting into K pop or maybe wanna watch a video or two or hear a song or two. 
Um, but yeah, that's great. You always you always feel proud like you've done a great service when someone texts you like, I can't get this song out of my head or oh, I, I'm so sad that they're not together anymore. Like, don't show me groups that aren't together anymore because I love this song or I love this album or whatever. So it's like your your little like brush off your shoulder moment. You're like, yeah, I did a good service to the K-pop community or that's how I feel. <laughs> And um, last, so this is the last song. It was also the last song of the whole entire uh, set list last Sunday. And this is BTS's most recent release, Idol. It was the version featuring Nicki Minaj. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, and then Jeff is going to wrap up this segment. But let's hear about BTS first. Yeah, I hope I haven't bored anyone for too long. But uh, this has <laughs> been so fun. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, I am like like bursting with ideas about idol and like i haven't even put them down on paper yet because like i feel like i'm still figuring new things out about it i, I don't know i just think it's such a statement piece in so many ways um you know first and foremost even just the sound of it i think it's it sounds like stadium music um to me BTS has hit this new level, this una this previously unobtainable level in America and in the West, and, and they're playing stadium base, they're playing City Field in um in 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 America, in New York, and that's just so huge because even take away the K-pop tag, only the the biggest artists period play play stadiums in America. I mean, we're talking about Taylor Swift, we're talking about Jay Z and Beyonce, we're talking about. Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, like BTS is up there. Like they sold out that show in 20 minutes. Like, oh my gosh, like that is so huge. And this song just sounds like that. Like it, the, the trumpets, the regal trumpets, the sort of saxo beat inspired sound, it just sounds like this is stadium music and like the most, I, I don't like the word epic, but I'm gonna use it here the most epic way possible because I think it's actually being used appropriately here. Um, but the sentiment itself too, you know, can call me idol, can call me artist. Um, BTS, and I wrote about this, I think last year, you know, they've always been um, K-pop artists for K-pop. They never shied away from their K-pop tag. They've never said, uh, uh, no, don't call us K-pop or, or anything like that. I think actually their CEO, Big Hit CEO, Hitman Bang, I think actually said like, you know, we need to do what we do best as K-pop artists and create music in Korean. You know, uh, making music just in English is just Asian artists debuting in America. We are good at K-pop and we need to make good K-pop music. And I always loved that that, that mindset and that, that pride about being a k-pop artist and you know that's the whole thing is that um k-pop idol right like for the longest time it's, it sort of has this negative connotation i think a lot of people say oh idols or or you know when an idol quote unquote is going to um is going into acting there's sort of like this stigma right they're like oh they're an idol turned actor or um you know things like that or there was a Tiffany Young from Girls' Generation just gave this amazing interview uh, on the Zach Sang show, and she's talking about you know, the difference between idols and artists, and she's kind of you know almost saying it's one and the same, but people think it's it's this different term. And I love that BTS, who are more or less considered artists and always considered artists, are just saying we're gonna call this song "Idol." You can call us "Idol." You can call us "Artists." Doesn't matter. I still love myself, and you can't stop me from loving myself. And I just love that so much. Um, 
fast forward to the actual version that has Nicki Minaj, it almost just felt like a flexing move at that point. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, they're like, yeah, like, you know, did she need to be on? Maybe. I think it's cool. I think it's, I like her little, uh, what's good Korea. You know, I've been a boss my entire career. I was like, okay, I see what she did there. Um, but, you know, at, at this point, it's almost like, you know, I, I actually see a lot of fans saying, oh my God, you know, these K-pop artists are helping out Western artists more than Western artists are helping out K-pop artists. And I think we've just kind of hit this amazing point where a Nicki Minaj feature is almost like par for the course now. And, you know, keep in mind, like, who, who does Nicki Minaj do you know features for you know she doesn't do them that often these days um mm-hmm. she just put on an album herself um there's like she's a busy woman mm-hmm. she is about being more selective with her with her uh features and cameos so i don't know it was just like and i thought it was just a smart move of them to not only have their own version but also have you know a remix with Nicki minaj and it's just only going to make them do better on the charts it's a brilliant chart move um as well and you know just help them reach so many more fans so i think i've just shared my entire thesis on you know bts's idol um, <laughs> but i'll say that's why i see it as the future of of k-pop in, in so many ways and um and yeah, I just, uh, it's like a, it's such a statement in so many ways too. I like every time I, when I saw the collab, like I was like, oh snap, this is really happening. Cause we saw the little things when people were shazamming it and all of a sudden BTS, like right. Ida would come up and then BTS feature Nicki Minaj. And we were like, what's going on? Like, I just kept thinking about when, um, BTS were at their first BBMAs and they were talking about, like, they were starstruck. Like, it was that moment where they're like, oh my God, I've heard these people in my earphones since when I was, you know, learning to rap or, you know, I take some of their techniques or I respect them so much. And when Sugar was talking about meeting Lil Wayne in the bathroom, but on his way to the bathroom, walking past Nicki Minaj and his little gummy smile. And I'm like, little do you know, like, fast forward a year and you're, she's on your song. Like, that's crazy. I exactly yeah crazy crazy they're they're breaking down so many barriers Mm -hmm. and there's I think um you know Psy and Gangnam Style and things like that in 2012 that that broke the initial holes but I really think what BTS is doing is just breaking like breaking down the wall in so many more ways um that you're just gonna it's like that song is the future wow saying it wow and that jeff is gonna just wrap up this whole segment since he just already took us to a whole other world and back so i'm gonna let jeff just keep doing what he's he's on a roll (laughs) (laughs) okay well yes i guess then i will wrap up our first segment um and yeah well i just want to say you know i'm glad you guys all love my requests from last week um thank you for letting me do the requests instead of you guys i appreciate it um and yeah and i actually really do hope that yeah explaining the meetings the stories the the vibes that i was feeling made you guys like them even more yes and that will conclude jeff benjamin's k-pop song list discussion thank you all so much for listening in see ya